we have now made it to the final chapter in the book of Romans. And it only took us two years to get here. But I want us to skip verses 1 through 16 and save it for next Sunday. I'll use it as a Thanksgiving message. Today we're going to talk about false prophets from verses 17 and 18. Before we go there though, I want you to take a journey with me through the Bible. And it's going to be a long journey. Uh, It's going to take most of our time together this morning. So use the screen to follow along with me for the sake of time. We're going to listen to God talk for the most part. We're going to hear what he has to say about false prophets. And we're going to hear how much he has to say about false prophets. And we won't even hear all of it. And then we'll end up in our passage for today and finish with it. In Deuteronomy chapter 13, verse 1, it says, If a prophet or someone who has dreams arises among you and proclaims a sign or wonder to you, and that sign or wonder he has promised you comes about, but he says, Let us follow other gods which you have not known, and let us worship them. Do not listen to that prophet's words or to that dreamer. For the Lord your God is testing you to know whether you love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul. You must follow the Lord your God and fear Him. You must keep His commands and listen to His voice. You must worship Him and remain faithful to Him. That prophet or dreamer must be put to death because he has urged rebellion against the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt And redeemed you from the place of slavery to turn you from the way the Lord your God has commanded you to walk. You must purge the evil from you. In Deuteronomy chapter 18 verses 21 and 22. It says you may say to yourself. How can we recognize a message the Lord has not spoken? When a prophet speaks in the Lord's name. And the message does not come true or is not fulfilled. That is a message that the Lord has not spoken. The prophet has spoken it presumptuously. Do not be afraid of him or listen to him. For the past few weeks in our reading through the Bible during this year, we've been in the book of Jeremiah. And it has had much to say about false prophets. In Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 8, it says, The priest quit asking, Where is the Lord? The experts in the law no longer knew me, and the rulers rebelled against me. The prophets prophesied by Baal and followed useless idols. In chapter 5, verses 12 and 13, it says, They have contradicted the Lord. And insisted it won't happen. Harm won't come to us. We won't see sword or famine. 
The prophets become only wind, for the Lord's word is not in them. In chapter 5, verse 30 and 31, it says, A horrible, terrible thing has taken place in the land. The prophets prophesy falsely, and the priests rule by their own authority. My people love it like this. But what will you do at the end of it? In chapter 6, verses 13 and 14, it says, For from the least to the greatest of them, everyone is making profit dishonestly. From prophet to priest, everyone deals falsely. They have treated my people's brokenness superficially, claiming peace, peace, when there is no peace. In chapter 7, verse 4, it says, Do not trust deceitful words, chanting, This is the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord. In verse 8, it says, But look, you keep trusting in deceitful words, that cannot help. In chapter 8, verses 8 and 9, it says, How can you claim we are wise? The law of the Lord is with us. In fact, the lying pen of scribes has produced falsehood. This will be put to shame. They will be dismayed and snared. They have rejected the word of the Lord. So what wisdom do they really have? In chapter 10, verses 21 and 22, or 21, it says, For the shepherds are stupid. They don't seek the Lord. They have not prospered, and their whole flock is scattered. In chapter 12, verses 10 and 11, it says, Many prophets have or shepherds have destroyed my vineyard. They have trampled my plot of land. They have turned my desirable plot into a desolate wasteland. They have made it a desolation. It mourns desolate before me. All the land is desolate, but no one takes it to heart. In chapter 14, verses 13 through 15, it says, And I replied, Oh no, Lord God, the prophets are telling them, You won't see sword or suffer famine. I will certainly give you true peace in this place. But the Lord said to me, these prophets are prophesying a lie in my name. I did not send them, nor did I command them or speak to them. They are prophesying to you a false vision, worthless divination, the deceit of their own minds. Therefore, this is what the Lord says concerning the prophets who prophesy in my name. Though I did not send them and those who say, there will never be sword or famine in this land... By sword and famine, these prophets will meet therein. From our reading, just one example from the reading that we'll be talking about tonight at 6 o'clock. In chapter 23, verse 1, it says, Woe to the shepherds who destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture. This is the Lord's declaration. Therefore, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says about the shepherds who shepherd my people. You have scattered my flock, banished them, and have not attended to them. I will attend to you because of your evil acts. This is the Lord's declaration. In that same chapter, beginning in verse 9, it says, Concerning the prophets, my heart is broken within me, 
and all my bones tremble. I have become like a drunkard, like a man overcome by wine because of the Lord, because of His holy words. For the land is full of adulterers. The land mourns because of the curse. And the grazing lands in the wilderness have dried up. Their way of life has become evil. And their power is not rightly used. Because both prophet and priest are ungodly. Even in my house I have found their evil. This is the Lord's declaration. Therefore their way will be to them like slippery paths in the gloom. They will be driven away and fall down there. For I will bring disaster on them the year of their punishment. This is the Lord's declaration. Among the prophets of Samaria I saw something disgusting. They prophesied in the name of Baal or by Baal and they led my people astray. Among the prophets of Jerusalem also I saw a horrible thing. They commit adultery and walk in lies. They strengthen the hands of evildoers and none turns his back on evil. They are all like Sodom to me. Jerusalem's residents are like Gomorrah. Therefore this is what the Lord of hosts says concerning those prophets. I am about to feed them wormwood and give them poison water to drink. For from the prophets of Jerusalem, ungodliness has spread throughout the land. This is what the Lord of hosts says. Do not listen to the words of the prophets who prophesy to you. They are making you worthless. They speak visions from their own minds, not from the Lord's mouth. They keep on saying to those who despise me, The Lord has said you will have peace. They have said to everyone who follows the stubbornness of his heart, no harm will come to you. For who has stood in the counsel of the Lord to see and hear his word? Who has paid attention to his word and obeyed? Look, a storm from the Lord. Wrath has gone out, a whirling storm. It will whirl about the heads of the wicked. The Lord's anger will not turn back until He has completely fulfilled the purposes of His heart. In time to come, you will understand it clearly. I did not send these prophets, yet they ran with a message. I did not speak to them, yet they prophesied. If they had really stood in my counsel... They would have enabled my people to hear my words and would have turned them back from their evil ways and their evil deeds. Am I a God who is only near and not a God who is far away? Can a man hide himself in secret places where I cannot see him? The Lord's declaration. Do I not feel the heavens and the earth? The Lord's declaration. I have heard what the prophets who prophesy lie in my name have said. I had a dream. I had a dream. How long will this continue in the minds of the prophets prophesying lies? Prophets of the deceit of their own minds. Through their dreams that they tell one another. They plan to cause my people to forget my name as their fathers forgot my name through Baal worship. The prophet who only has a dream should recount the dream, but the one who has my word should speak my word truthfully. 
For what is straw compared to grain? This is the Lord's declaration. Is not my word like fire? This is the Lord's declaration. And like a hammer that pulverizes rock? Therefore take note, I am against the prophets, the Lord's declaration, who steal my words from each other. I am against the prophets who use their own tongues to make a declaration. I am against those who prophesy false dreams, the Lord's declaration, telling them and leading my people astray with their falsehoods and their boasting. It was not I who sent or commanded them, and they are of no benefit at all to these people. This is the Lord's declaration. We're very quickly on Sunday nights approaching the book of Ezekiel. In Ezekiel chapter 13, beginning in verse 1, it says something very similar. Listen to it. It says, The word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, prophesy against the prophets of Israel who are prophesying. Say to those who prophesy out of their own imagination, Hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Lord God says. Woe to the foolish prophets who follow their own spirit and have seen nothing. Your prophets, Israel, are like jackals among ruins. You did not go up to the gaps and restore the wall around the house of Israel so that it might stand in battle on the day of the Lord. They see false visions and they speak lying divinations. They claim this is the Lord's declaration When the Lord did not send them, yet they wait for a fulfillment of their message. Didn't you see a false vision and speak a lying divination when you proclaimed, This is the Lord's declaration, even though I had not spoken? Therefore, this is what the Lord God says. I am against you because you have spoken falsely and had lying visions. This is the declaration of the Lord God. My hand will be against the prophets who see false visions and speak lying divinations. They will not be present in the fellowship of my people or be recorded in the register of the house of Israel. And they will not enter the land of Israel. Then you will know that I am the Lord Yahweh. Since they have led my people astray saying peace when there is no peace. For when someone builds a wall, they plaster it with whitewash. Therefore, tell those who plaster it that it will fall. Torrential rain will come, and I will send hailstones plunging down, and a windstorm will be released. Now, when the wall has fallen, will you not be asked, where is the coat of whitewash that you put on it? In Micah chapter 3 Verses 5 through 7, it says this. This is what the Lord says concerning the prophets who lead my people astray, who proclaim peace when they have food to sink their teeth into, but they declare war against the one who puts nothing in their mouths. Therefore, it will be night for you without visions. It will grow dark for you without divination. The sun will set on these prophets and the daylight will turn black over them. Then the seers will be ashamed, the diviners disappointed. They will all cover their mouths because there will be no answer from God. 
In Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 4, it says, Her prophets are reckless, treacherous men. Her priests profane the sanctuary, and they do violence to instruction. Well, I'm noticing that it's not on the screen, so how about you turn with me for a minute, okay? Let's do New Testament stuff. Look at Matthew chapter 7, verse 15, and let's hear the words of Jesus. Matthew seven fifteen. It says, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravaging wolves. You'll recognize them by their fruit. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? In the same way, every good tree produces good fruit. But a bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree can't produce bad fruit. Neither can a bad tree produce good fruit. Every tree that doesn't produce good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So you'll recognize them by their fruit. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name, drive out demons in your name, and do many miracles in your name? Then I will announce to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you lawbreakers. Matthew chapter 15, verse 6. Says him this way. You have revoked God's word because of your tradition. Hypocrites. Isaiah prophesied correctly about you when he said, These people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. They worship me in vain, teaching as doctrines the commands of men. In Matthew chapter 24, verse 11, Jesus said, Many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. In verse 24 of that same chapter, it says, False messiahs and false prophets will arise and perform great signs and wonders to lead astray, if possible, even the elect. Take note, I have told you in advance. In Acts chapter 20, Verse 28, as Paul was about to leave the church at Ephesus, he said to the elders there, the pastors, Be on guard for yourselves and for all the flock that the Holy Spirit has appointed you to as overseers to shepherd the church of God which he purchased with his own blood. I know that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And men will rise up from your own number with deviant doctrines to lure the disciples into following them. Therefore, be on the alert, remembering that night and day for three years, I did not stop warning each one of you with tears. And now I commit you to God and to the message of His grace, 
which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all those that are sanctified. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, beginning in verse 12, Paul wrote, But I will continue to do what I'm doing in order to deny the opportunity of those who want an opportunity to be regarded just as our equals in what they boast about. For such people are false apostles, deceitful workers, disguising themselves as apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. See, it is no great thing then if his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. Their destiny will be according to their works. In the next book of the Bible, Galatians chapter 1 verse 6, Paul wrote to the church there, I am amazed that you are so quickly turning away from him who called you by the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another gospel, but there are some who are troubling you and want to change the good news about the Messiah. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel other than what we have preached to you, a curse be on him. As we have said before, I now say again, if anyone preaches to you a gospel contrary to what you have received, a curse be on him. In chapter 3, verse 1, it says, You foolish Galatians, who has hypnotized you? Before whose eyes Jesus Christ was vividly portrayed as crucified. In chapter 4, verse 17, it says, They are enthusiastic about you, but not for any good. Instead, they want to isolate you so that you will be enthusiastic about them. In chapter 5, verse 7, it says, You were running well. Who prevented you from obeying the truth? This persuasion did not come from the one who called you. A little yeast leavens the whole lump of dough. I have confidence in the Lord you will not accept any other view. But whoever it is that is confusing you will pay the penalty. In the next book of the Bible, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. It says, and he personally gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the training of the saints and the work of the ministry to build up the body of Christ until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of God's Son, growing into a mature man with the stature measured by Christ's fullness. Then we will no longer be little children tossed by the waves and blown around by every wind of teaching, by every human cunning with cleverness in the technique of deceit. Uh, let's make our way forward. Uh, go to Second uh, Peter chapter 2 and look at verse 1. It 
Second Peter chapter 2, verse 1. Everybody get there that has a Bible. It says, but there were also false prophets among the people, that is, the people of Israel during the Old Testament. Just as there will be false teachers among you, they will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the master who bought them. And they will bring swift destruction on themselves. Many will follow their unrestrained ways. And the way of truth will be blasphemed because of them. They will exploit you in their greed with deceptive words. Their condemnation pronounced long ago is not idle. And their destruction does not sleep. Look down to verse 10. It says about them, They are those who follow the polluting desires of the flesh and despise authority. Bold, arrogant people. They do not tremble when they blaspheme the glorious ones. However, angels who are greater in might and power do not bring a slanderous charge against them before the Lord. But these people, like irrational animals, creatures of instinct born to be caught and destroyed, speak blasphemies about things they don't understand. And in their destruction, they too will be destroyed, suffering harm as the payment for unrighteousness. They consider it a pleasure to carouse in the daytime. They are spots and blemishes, delighting in their deceptions as they feast with you. They have eyes full of adultery, And are always looking for sin. They seduce unstable people and have hearts trained in greed. Children under a curse. They have gone astray by abandoning the straight path. And they have followed the path of Balaam the son of Bosor. Who loved the wages of unrighteousness. But received a rebuke for his transgression. A donkey that could not talk spoke with a human voice and restrained the prophet's irrationality. These people are springs without water, mist driven by whirlwind. The gloom of darkness has been reserved for them. For by uttering boastful, empty words, they seduce with fleshly desires and debauchery people who have barely escaped from those who live in error. They promise them freedom, but they themselves are slaves of corruption since people are enslaved to whatever defeats them. For if having escaped the world's impurity through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in these things and defeated, the last state is worse for them than the first. For it would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness after knowing it to turn back from the holy command delivered to them. It has happened to them according to the true proverb, a dog returns to its own vomit, and a sow after washing itself wallows in the mud. What was the common thing among all those passages? And there are many, many more. 
false prophets. Hundreds of passages. Hundreds of verses. The Bible has a lot to say about it. It has a lot to say about them. And so does the text that we come to this morning. Look at it in Romans chapter 16, verse 17 and 18. It says, Now I urge you, brothers, to watch out for those who cause dissensions and obstacles contrary to the doctrine you have learned. Avoid them. For such people do not serve our Lord Christ, but their own appetites. They deceive the hearts of the unsuspecting with smooth talk and flattering words. I'm going to point out five facts about false prophets from these two verses. And they're the same facts that all the other passages in the Bible about false prophets point out. Fact number one. False prophets contradict the doctrine of Christianity. False prophets contradict the doctrine of Christianity. Look again at verse 17. Now I urge you, brothers, to watch out for those who cause dissensions and obstacles contrary to the doctrine you have learned. False prophets are contrary in contradiction to the doctrine we have learned. Doctrine there is a word that means the teaching that they had received about Christianity. It was sometimes called in the early days of the church the apostles' doctrine. The apostles' teaching. And because it was doctrine that they had learned from Jesus himself we could say about it that it was the doctrine from Jesus. The doctrine of Jesus. It was certainly the doctrine about Jesus. It's the doctrine of the letter that Paul was writing to this church, what we would call the book of Romans. It's talking about Christian doctrine, Christian teaching, Christian belief. What identifies a group or a person As Christian, what distinguishes what is Christianity from what isn't? What distinguishes genuine Christianity from the imposters, the counterfeits, the cults? For years, this doctrine has been called orthodox doctrine, like you would find in the ancient Apostles' Creed. Sometimes in the Bible, this doctrine is referred to as the faith. We could call it the gospel, or we could say about it, it's the Bible. False prophets contradict this. Now, in our passage, Paul doesn't say what doctrine or what doctrines were being contradicted or would be contradicted. But we can make a good guess from what we've already seen in Romans and from what we know from the New Testament. Listen to me. Most doctrinal error or heresy that is addressed can be boiled down 
to two subjects. Jesus and salvation. So the first one is Jesus. The false prophets denied the deity of Jesus. That Jesus is eternally and equally God with the Father. The false prophets denied the humanity of Jesus, claiming instead that He was just a spirit. They denied the resurrection of Jesus, the physical, literal, bodily resurrection of Christ. They denied the lordship of Jesus. They denied the exclusivity of Jesus, that He's the only way to be saved. False prophets since that time have continued to deny these things. And they deny things today like the virgin birth of Jesus. The miracles of Jesus. The sinlessness of Jesus. The second coming of Jesus. False prophets will always subtract from who Jesus is. And what Jesus has done. And I have told you a number of times. If you get it wrong on Jesus. You've got it wrong. And it doesn't matter what you've got right. The second subject that is a primary target for false prophets is salvation. False prophets add to the biblical teaching on salvation. They will say about salvation that it's not in Christ alone. It's not by grace alone. It's not through faith alone. They will say that a person is saved through faith in Jesus plus good works. They will say that a person is saved by faith in Jesus plus religious rituals. The most prominent of these in the New Testament was a group known as the Judaizers. They embraced Jesus as the Messiah, at least they said they did. But they also taught, in addition to your faith in Him, that you had to keep the Jewish rules and their rules and go through the Jewish rituals. This is the error of legalism. Legalism turned salvation into keeping a bunch of rules, and primarily the rules that must be kept are man-made rules. Now on the other end of the spectrum is the error of license. Turning salvation into a license to sin because you're saved and forgiven, you can do what you want to. Paul addressed that in Romans 6, 1 and 2 when he said, Should we continue in sin so that grace may abound? And what was his answer? May it never be. How can those who have died to sin still live in it? And the answer is, we can't. Proponents of this will use phrases like, we're under grace, so we can do what we want to. They see salvation as a get-out-of-hell-free card. They believe in a cheap grace. They don't understand that Grace that forgives us of our sin also sets us free from our sins. They don't understand that the grace that justifies us is also a grace that sanctifies us and sets us apart. Theirs is an easy believism. There are also some other doctrinal errors that are so serious 
that it would make one a false prophet or a counterfeit Christian. Now, I'm not talking about secondary doctrines, doctrines of of secondary importance. I'm not talking about issues of gray, but I'm talking about heresy about God, heresy about the Trinity, heresy about the Holy Spirit, heresy about the Bible, claiming that it is not inerrant, that it is not sufficient, that it is not our only authority as Christians and as the church of the living God. Let me give you some examples of false prophets today. Not names, but examples. You'll be able to figure out the names. Those who preach a health and wealth gospel are false prophets. Those who teach the gospel as the power of positive thinking are false prophets. The word of faith movement are all false prophets. Those who preach a social gospel are false prophets. Liberal Protestantism is false prophecy. The radical charismatic movement is false prophet, radical version of it. Those who advocate work salvation are false prophets. Ritual salvation, they're false prophets. Those who teach that Mary is co-redeemer with Jesus... And that she is to be worshipped and prayed to along with the saints are false prophets. Mormonism is a false prophecy. Jehovah's Witness is false prophecy. And on and on we could go. Now I want you to hear me on this, folks. Paul has made the point over and over again in chapter 14 and chapter 15 that unity is more important than issues of gray. It's even more important than secondary doctrines. But people, unity is not more important than the truth. Apart from the doctrines that define Christianity, there is no unity. The truth is what unites us. False prophets contradict the doctrine of Christianity. Fact number two. False prophets are to be identified and avoided. Look at verse 17. Now I urge you brothers to watch out for those who cause dissensions and obstacles contrary to the doctrine you have learned. Avoid them. We must watch out for false prophets. Paul urges us here as brothers to do so. Watch out means be alert, be aware, be on the lookout. Because false prophets are out there. Let me turn that around. False prophets are in here. They're in the church. That's why we must beware. It means identify them. The word avoid means to stay away from, to steer clear of, don't listen to. Because false prophets are dangerous. It even means to get rid of them. We should not tolerate false prophets like the church at Thyatira did, we learned in Revelation chapter 2 not long ago on Wednesday nights. Second Thessalonians 3, 6 says, Now we command you, brothers, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, to keep away from every brother who walks irresponsibly and not according to the tradition received from us. False prophets are to be identified and avoided. Fact number three. 
False prophets cause conflict and obstacles. Look at verse 17 again. I urge you brothers to watch out for those who cause dissensions and obstacles. Contrary to the doctrine you have learned. Dissensions means disagreement. Infighting. Conflict. And the result of it is divisions among the body of Christ. In Proverbs chapter 6 verse 16 it says the Lord hates six things. In fact seven are detestable to him. And in verse 19 it says one of those things is one who stirs up trouble among the brothers. Titus chapter 3 verses 10 and 11 says reject a divisive person after a first and second warning. Knowing that such a person is perverted and sins being self-condemned. I hope that you understand that inevitably all conflict within the church results from bad theology. Even when the conflict isn't about theology. The word obstacles there means stumbling blocks. And stumbling blocks are people or things that cause others to trip in their following Jesus, or would cause them to not follow Jesus at all. Remember the words of Jesus, woe to the world because of stumbling blocks. But a bigger woe he pronounced on the stumbling blocks themselves, saying it would be better if a millstone were hung around your neck and you were thrown off into the sea. False prophets cause conflict and obstacles. Fact number four. False prophets serve their own desires. Look at verse 18. For such people do not serve our Lord Christ, but their own appetites. You see that word appetites? It literally would be translated belly. What it means is that they serve their own desires, their own sinful desires, their own lust. They are slaves to this. Some of the lust that they serve would be greed, sexual immorality, pride. And because they serve these desires, that's what they appeal to in the people they preach to. They appeal to the intrinsic desire, that sinful desires that all of us have to do something we shouldn't do, to have something we shouldn't have, to be something we shouldn't be. You know, there's always been a connection between false prophets and living in sin. And there still is. It says there they don't serve the Lord Christ. You know what Lord they serve? Self. The Lord self. They surely don't serve Jesus. Remember the words of Jesus we read earlier today. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. And they may protest, but Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do miracles in your name? And he will say, depart from me. I never knew you. These people are as lost as lost can be. And because they don't serve Christ, they don't serve his church. False prophets serve their own desires. Fact number five. False prophets deceive people with eloquence and flattery. Listen to the second part of verse 18. They deceive the hearts of unsuspecting people with smooth talk and flattering words. They deceive. 
just like their father Satan is a deceiver. Remember 2 Corinthians 11 we read earlier, Satan masquerades as an angel of light and it shouldn't surprise us that his servants do too. They deceive the unsuspecting, right? Those who are simple, naive, undiscerning, which is why we're told to watch out and beware so much. It's so that we won't be unsuspecting. They deceive with smooth talk. That means eloquence, oratorical skill. And listen, it works when people care more about how something is said than what is actually being said. People, don't ever confuse powerful speaking with powerful preaching. Don't ever confuse a good speaker with an accurate speaker. They deceive with flattering words. Flattery is defined as excessive and insincere praise, especially given to further one's own interest. Flattery is a tool to deceive. When your kids use it and when my kids use it, it's a tool to deceive. Just like it is when the false prophets use it. And it works because we love to hear how good we are. But it shouldn't because we're warned. And if we focus on God's word, we'll notice the difference because God never flatters. Do eloquence and flattery capture the essence of false prophets today or what? False prophets deceive people with eloquence and flattery. Five facts about false prophets. They contradict the doctrine of Christianity. They are to be identified and avoided. They cause conflict and obstacles. They serve their own desires. And they deceive people with eloquence and flattery. That's what we learn here. And it's what we learn in the rest of the Bible. Contrast that with Moses' words in Deuteronomy 18.15. The Lord your God will raise up a prophet for you like me from among your brothers. And you must listen to everything that he says. Jesus is the true prophet. As are those who preach Him and His Word. Those who point others to Him, to faith in Him and faith in His Word.